We were in uh, James chapter 3, the first part of it. Um, it was tough. Someone went out and said, you, you preached that right at me, didn't you? I said, no, I preached it right at me. Um, this one is a kind of a convicting passage there, James chapter 3, talking about the tongue. And um, how... Uh, how we, we need to be very careful of it and how our speech should be the speech of a Christian and not the speech of a non-Christian. And so I thought tonight, um, since it, it wasn't enough on you this morning to hear about the tongue and about our shortcomings with the tongue, we would continue with it in a little bit more depth. I got to thinking about it as we went through it, and as James deals with it here, he kind of deals with it in a general fashion. He doesn't get into many details about things that, are, that we do wrong with the tongue, certainly. He does talk about cursing men, other men, and that uh, he's talking about like the, the tongue being like a spark that sets off the whole forest and it's, it's on fire. It seems to be kind of a, alluding to gossip here um, and then uh, cursing other men. But I thought what we would do tonight in talking about the tongue and us having a tongue in our speech uh, consistent with what um, uh, a Christian's tongue should be, we're going we're gonna to cover two, two points here. Uh, about the tongue, and, and first of all, we're going to say, uh, is in regards to Christian speech, in regards to a Christian tongue, what we're not to do with the tongue, and get pretty specific from some some things in Scripture. And you can probably guess the second point. If the first point is what we're not to do with our tongue, then the second point is what are we going to do, or what should we as Christians uh, do with our tongue? What kind of speech should we have? What kind kind of things should we be talking about? And so with that in mind, we're going to be looking up some scripture here. Uh, and so I'll ask different ones to volunteer to look it up for us. Um, so someone, if you would, volunteer uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Who's got that? All right, Glenda. And, and I need somebody else to look up for me John 8, verse 44. I'll get that one. Okay. And you can hold your place there and also get John 14, 6. Okay. okay. 844 and 14, 6. Uh-huh. Okay, so first of all, what are we not supposed to do with our tongue as Christians? What are things that our speech should not include? And so uh, Genesis 3, 1 through 5, what do we have? Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman... Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the tree of eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Satan's using some speech, and what's he doing? Lying. He's lying. 
yes, he's lying. He's not telling the truth. It says pretty, pretty blatantly what God had said. He says flat out, you won't die. Well, God said you would. And indeed, God was true and Satan wasn't. Um, and so kind of uh, in a uh, comment, a little bit of commentary about this. And this is in, in uh, John 8 where Jesus is having some conversation with some religious leaders. And they're talking about, you know, their, their ancestry and our, our fathers, Abraham. And then he goes on and says something else to them. John, 40, John 8, 44. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Oh, wow. Okay, so, so if we're lying, whose speech are we imitating? Satan's. Satan's. Yeah, he's the father of lies, right? And he's the one who had the first, that was the first lie in the Bible there in Genesis 3. And Jesus is obviously talking about that, that passage. And so if we're going to, to lie, um, whose image are we really in there? It's more the image of Satan, Christ. And what does Christ say in uh, John 14, 6? Jesus said to him, 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, the way and the truth and life. If we're speaking as one who's created in the image of God, God is truth. And if we've been recreated in the image of Christ and to be looking like Him, He's truth. Shouldn't our language be truthful? So anyway, so what not to do with the tongue line? It's just not something we should ever do. A second thing, uh, I need a volunteer. Uh, Exodus 20, verse 7. Okay, David, since you volunteered for that one and your dad got it first. Uh, Psalm 103, verse 1. And I need somebody else to get uh, Luke 1, 46 to 49. Okay, Glenn. Okay. So, Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Should not take the name Lord your God in vain. Should not profane the name of God. What, what does profane mean? Make unholy or common. Make common, right. Make it common. Something that is holy, you're making it common. And so the, here is the, uh, uh, this third commandment. You're not to make God's name common. You're not to profane the name of God. You're not to use it in vain. And why not? Um, Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. What kind of name does the Lord have? Holy, holy name, right? And you see it in Luke 1, 46-49. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. 
for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Lord's name is holy there. Once again, there are all kinds of places we could have seen that. We've talked about the name of the Lord is holy. And we're not to take his name and make it commonplace. Make it something that we would profane that way. And how often do you hear? I've heard it in this room. I've heard it in the room over there. Um, even in, in church. Someone say, oh Lord. Or... Uh, oh my God. Or even, and, and this I haven't heard, I've heard those in here. I haven't heard here, but you hear it out there. Someone uh, saying, Jesus. It's just taking God's name and making it so something that is common and profane, taking it in vain. Uh, with our lips, we, with our tongue. This is something that should never be a part of us. Um, Colossians 3 8, I'll get that one. So, what do we have so far? No lying, no profaning God's name with our lips. Colossians 3 verse 8. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. <laughs> filthy language. Um, filthy language from our lips. I think this could include certain words, maybe, but it certainly uh, would include, include crude talk as well. Um, Certain types of things that we as Christians should not associate with, should not be a part. That's in Ephesus 5, too. Ephesus 5? Ephesians 5? I mean, yeah, <laughs> Ephesians 5. Yeah, the, the letter to Ephesus, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember which verse? Four. We just went over. Four? Okay. <laughs> nor should there be any, uh, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which yeah. is out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay. Another uh, one, another something that should not be part of our language. This is several places, and uh, but uh, uh, Psalm uh, 15, verses one through three. Romans. Uh, who's got that? By the way. I'll take that. Okay. Psalm 15, 1 through 3, and Romans 1, 29 and 30. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're using the ESV. I'm not sure if it uses... There's, some of the ESV, it, it changed the uh, verbiage from almost all the other English versions. Huh. I'm not sure if this is the one. I think it's... The next one here, things that shouldn't be on our list. Uh, Psalm 15, 1 through 3. Okay. O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend. Slander. 
mentioned slander. That's not something that should be on our lips. What is slander? I picked up a definition from, uh, I think it's the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, ISBE. Uh, anyway, uh, slander is an accusation maliciously uttered with the purpose or effect of damaging the reputation of another. Why do we do that? Why would anyone do that? And somehow we think we can tear somebody else down and lifts us up, right? Um, Romans 1, uh, 29, 30. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, they are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. This is, you know... <laughs> emphasis yours? But, yeah, that, that wasn't the emphasis in this study. But I feel, I feel like, <clears throat> um, this is a... You remember in Romans 1 where it's talking about uh, God's wrath being poured out because the truth of God is revealed and, and it's out there. You can't look at creation without knowing he's there. Mm -hmm. But what people have done is suppress the truth of that and as they suppress the truth, God turns them over. And then when God turns them over to that suppression, of, of neglecting God, not worshiping, not giving thanks to him as he is, what happens as a result? Well, there's sins that he mentions. Mm -hmm. And then... When he turns them over to the sins and the consequences of those sins, they still don't worship him as God. So a second time, it says he turns them over. And this is the, uh, it's, it's like the next step in their sinfulness. And it's in the second stage there where you have women committing indecent acts with women and men exchanging their lust for women for other men and so on. And then the third step... The third, even then, they don't return to God and submit to Him. Um, and then in this third and final time, He turns them over. Uh, James read the results of it and the things that these are, this is not good. And slander should never be a part of a Christian's uh, language, not any of our speaking. Now, another one uh, that is very closely, I, I guess, is closely not, but it's not exactly the same because you can <laughs> gossip. You can gossip without it, the, the, the desire to be tearing somebody down. You can just gossip because it's fun to do, you think. You know, it's like, oh, this is, this is a fun thing here. Uh, Proverbs uh, 2620. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies. Um, I find this one interesting. Um, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, Paul writing to Timothy, talking to him about how to deal with the people in the church. And chapter 5, verse 13 He's talking about these women, these young women who are widows. And um, he says, you know, they, they don't, they, they shouldn't be, 
They need to get actively involved in something because they got too much time on their hands. And he says in 513, he's talking about them. He says, besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going from house to house. And not only do they become uh, idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying things they ought not to. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know, it's, it's we, we hear something on somebody or, um, and we just think, we gotta share it, right? And uh, sometimes maybe that happens when we pray and we uh, come in here and, and uh, you know, list, list prayer requests up here. Um, we can maybe segue into that and we've gotta be very careful not to do that. Gossip, uh, like the game that we mentioned this morning, um, things really get blown out of proportion. It was an Andy Griffith show one time where uh, Andy and his buddies were talking about the women and how they love to gossip and he was talking to Aunt B about it. Well, this, this uh, stranger comes into town and he's a shoe salesman. So Aunt B just kind of, kind of uh, lightly suggests that maybe he's not just a shoe salesman, that uh, uh, he's a He's looking for um, talent in Mayberry, and he's a talent agent. He's going to take whoever it is to, to Nashville with him and set him up as the next big star. <laughs> and so the men get this going, and they really blow it up. And uh, so all, all the men are coming in, buying in, and he's just a real, uh, he's not a salesman at all. But he, they're selling him all these shoes, and while they, they're coming in to try the shoes, they're bringing their kids in to sing to him and dance and <laughs> play their harmonicas and everything. And so they're just waiting for him, you know, uh, waiting for him to come back and take the winter off to Nashville with him. And uh, when he comes back to town, he comes back with all these shoes they've ordered. <laughs> and, and he winds up talking to Andy about it being the nicest town and that, uh, you know, before he came there, uh, he was ready to give up being a shoe salesman because he just wasn't, wasn't making it. But since, the, since what they did for him in, in Mayberry really pushed him on to, to you know. Uh, gossip, that, that was an interesting sort of a, a small uh, little gossip, but things do get blown up and out of proportion. We gotta be very careful about that. Um, and do I? When a crime is committed, we have a tendency to convict the guy before we know the full oh, yeah. extent of the story. The yeah. full story. We would really, really fast, quick to condemn him, and before he may not be guilty at all, right. we were going to condemn him anyway. Right. Out of the same mouth uh, come praise and cursing. Uh, my brothers, this should not be. And it seems it's pretty clear that the cursing is um, um, not just saying filthy words or anything like that, but he's talking about cursing your, your neighbor. Praising God and cursing your neighbor. Uh, like the, uh, uh, I've said it before, uh, say it again, the, we talk about the Scottish 
who would pray on their knees on Sunday and on their neighbors the rest of the week. Wow. So, um, that should not be any part of, of our language, even if you've got Scottish heritage. <laughs> so, so what not to do with the tongue? Well, we just went into a little more detail. I think there are probably other things we could say, but certainly um, lying, profanity, uh, filthy uh, language, crude talk, uh, slander, gossip, and uh, cursing others. That's the negative. Now for the positive, what do we do with our tongue? What should we do with our tongue? Um, well, uh, Exodus 20, verse 16, anybody have an idea? You can look there. What, what do we find in Exodus 20? Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. Verse 16, getting down to... Get down to number nine. Getting down to number nine. What is number nine? Not bear false witness. Shall not bear false witness, right? So what are we supposed to do if we're not bearing false witness? Tell true witness. Tell the we're truth. telling the truth. We should always tell the truth. Jesus, again, is the truth. And it's an attribute of God, is truthfulness. We're in his image, recreated in Christ Jesus to be Christ-like. And so we certainly should always use our speech to tell the truth. Um, Psalm 34, 3. David, you got that one since you were in the Psalms earlier? Is it 34, 34, verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Magnify the Lord. Glorify the, NIV says glorify the Lord, and let us exalt his name together. Whoa. I mean, this is what we should be all about. Always exalting God and glorifying Him and praising Him. And, and, and even here in uh, James 3.10, uh, when he's talking about cursing as the negative thing, shouldn't be coming out of our mouths. He says that praise should be coming out of our mouths. Praise should always be uh, on the lips of the believers. We should say with David, oh, glorify the Lord with me. And let us exalt this name together. We should always be exalting the Lord. Um, Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. Who knows what we find in Deuteronomy 6? Right off the top of your head. Shema. Shema. Yeah. Shema, which is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And uh, so on. Um... And so verse 7, James, you got it? You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in, their, in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Okay, he's given... He's <coughs> got, uh, what, what do we find in Deuteronomy 5? Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments, right. <coughs> and now he's giving them the law and the Shama, right, which is there, and love Lord... Yeah. And uh, so he's saying, you're to teach this. What are we to be doing with our, with our tongue? We're to be teaching always the truths of God, right? The grace of God. <coughs> and, and even his law, this is the way the people of God are supposed to behave. You don't become the people of God by doing this. 
But you are the people of God, therefore you ought to be living this way. Um, and we are to uh, constantly be teaching the truth of God. Um, we're told throughout Scripture that's just one of the places that we, that we find that. So what do we do with our lips? Well, we're always telling the truth. We're always glorifying and exalting the name of the Lord. We're teaching the truth of God. Um, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Anybody know that by heart? When you look at it, you go, yeah, I know that. Teaching and making disciples? Yeah. She but I don't know it so. by heart. <laughs> okay, James, you got it. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Right. And so this is, we're still teaching, but this is a little, uh, a little bit of a different emphasis. You also find it in Acts 1-8, which, what, which is, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Austria, and Samaria, and against the earth. Um, what, what are these passages, what do we usually associate them with? Witnessing. Witnessing. Evangelizing. Hmm. Evangelizing, yeah. And so we're to be using our time to tell the lost about Jesus. We're to be uh, witnessing to the lost. And that is something that is quite proper and that every Christian should have as a part of their normal speech is telling others about Jesus and trying to uh, get the lost to see the gospel of God in Christ Jesus. Hebrews 3.13 Encourage one another daily, as long as it's called a day, so that none of you may be uh, hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encourage one another. Are we supposed to encourage one another, try to build one another up, and these sorts of things? It's supposed to be part of our speech. Uh, this, is, this is just one of the places that we're told, in several places, especially in the epistles, we're told to encourage one another. Always be... Uh, reminding one another, uh, especially in difficult times. We need to be there with one another and try to uh, offer words of encouragement and comfort. Ephesians 5.20 Okay. Giving thanks always and for everything to God, to the Father, and in the name of, our, and in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, yeah, we are to, that, that would go both for witnessing and encouragement as well, I think. And uh, finally, Matthew 18, verse 15. Um, who's got that one? Matthew 18, 15. You took Okay. Uh, Glenda, uh, Galatians 6, 1. Who will get that? I'll get it. Okay. 
And this is something we're to do with our tongue that's maybe not as easy as some of the others. <laughs> right? Okay, Matthew uh, eighteen fifteen. If your brother sins against you, go and go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Okay. What are we supposed to do? We find out later that this isn't just with if they've done something against you, but Galatians six one. Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. So, we have a responsibility for one another. Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? <laughs> Jesus says, yeah, we are. We, we have a responsibility for one another, and if we see them going in a direction and doing things that they should not do, we are to go to them and correct them. James chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from a death and cover over a multitude of sins. Um, we are to use our mouth uh, in positive ways ways, um, telling the truth, uh, glorifying uh, God, using <coughs> His name, teaching the truth of God to all we come in contact, witnessing, uh, being a witness to the lost and telling them uh, what we, that's what a witness does, tells what he has seen and what he knows firsthand and this is what we're supposed to do with Jesus, encouraging one another, especially when we see uh, someone who, who needs that encouragement, maybe down about something. We need to encourage them. Um, and uh, finally here, uh, we're to do a diff most difficult thing, I think, is when we see somebody um, fallen in sin, that we're to go and confront them and to, uh, as James talks about here, restoring a brother, use, use our lips to help restore the brothers and those in need of Christ. Well, that was just kind of a quick list, but I thought this morning it, it seemed so kind of generic that maybe we go into more detail tonight. And James really is putting a, a lot of it kind of in, in negative light. I wanted to put a little bit of it in positive light because Christians already use their tongues uh, in a positive way uh, as well. And so I uh, thought we could uh, look at that tonight. So. All right. So we're all going to be perfect with it this week, right? He who controls his tongue. Still watching the news. <laughs> yeah, that will cause you to maybe shout out some profanities or something, right? Whoever, whoever, if anyone is never at fault in what he says, is a perfect man and able to keep his whole body in check. So that's what we aspire to, right? All right. Let me pray.